This is the SPFL 42 show covering every division in Scotland. Joined on Football CFB tonight by former Celtic, Ross County, Motherwell player, now for Martin United. That's That man is Paul Lawson. Paul, thanks for joining me. Not a problem at all, Count, sir. A pleasure. The first question I've got for you is, you were born in Aberdeen. What was your football like as a, as a youngster? And who were your heroes and who were your boyhood club growing up? Um, yeah, growing up in Aberdeen, uh, my dad, uh, he was heavily involved um, in the Highland League um, at that time. And growing up, probably my, my team would be Huntley. Um, just in terms of going to watch them every week. And it was a great upbringing. Uh, one I really enjoyed, you know, going up there. It was a successful time for the club. Um, they had some, some great players at the time, you know. I mean, one that probably stands out is, is Doug Rugby, you know, Aberdeen legend. And... Uh, what he'd done in his career and he he came to Huntley at that time um, so players like that it was, it was it was a great upbringing and, um, but in terms of obviously professionally looking at players that I looked up to you know there's countless ones um, at that time probably the, the Premier League was starting to uh, down south was starting to become a massive massive thing and um, probably probably uh, being a Man United fan, you're looking at those sort of players, you know, a Ryan Giggs or a Eric Cantona and, and, you know, latterly probably like a Roy Keane or a, a Paul Scholes. In terms of yourself, Paul, was boys club level something that you played quite regularly before you were then spotted by Celtic? Yeah, it was um, obviously, you know, the usual, your, your school teams and, and boys club. Uh, I played for my local team, West Hill. And... Um, Trained with Aberdeen uh, from the age of nine. It was, things were different um, back then. You know, there wasn't the, the academy set up as such that you have nowadays. And, um, you know, you would train with, although you'd play with your boys' club and your school team, you know, the people you, you would train with, with clubs. And uh, I trained with Aberdeen from the age of nine till I was, I was 13. And um, along that time as well, probably started training with Celtic up in Aberdeen. Um, George Adams, who was head of the, the youth system at Celtic at the time, he ran a, a sort of coaching school up here in Aberdeen. There was only about six of us, uh, but we used to go along on a, a Tuesday night just at a local uh, gym hall. And, and probably, it, I would say it served, uh, stood me in good stead because we just used to totally concentrate on technique. And because there was only, like, say, like I say, six of us, um, you know, it was just pure repetition, pure repetition on the same things over and over again. Now, yes, you, you think it's boring at times, but when I look back now, it certainly, you know, helped my technique and, and that over over the years. So, um, but like I say, you know, I was um, training with Aberdeen and, and they offered me an S form, but uh, withdrew that offer when they, they heard I was, I was training with Celtic, which... I thought was a bit harsh at the time, um, you know, a 13-year-old kid just exploring his options, um, but they decided to, to pull it off the table, which I was I was really disappointed at because um, I wasn't an Aberdeen fan, but obviously local club uh, would have been it would have been a, a, an honour to sign for them and something that I was I was keen to do, but it wasn't to be. But fortunately enough, um, Celtic offered me an S form as well, and um, so I was delighted to sign that. You mentioned signing the S form for Celtic. What was it like moving away from home and moving through to Glasgow? It was obviously hard. Um, I signed at 14. Um, so I spent two years kind of travelling down on a Friday lunchtime. I'd get the afternoon off school, travel down, uh, get the train down with a couple of boys from Aberdeen. We'd probably we'd pick up a couple in Dundee and then we'd go down and we'd train with our, our teams on a, a Friday night and then play with the play on a Sunday you know so I'd done that for two years and then at 16 I got my first professional contract and, and moved down and I guess at that age you, you think you're old enough you think you know everything and I was just excited about you know starting starting my career as such um, but it's not until you, you kind of sit back and think you're like wow it, it's a very young age and um, I, can, I can see why my mum 
had our reservations at the time, but ultimately it's um, you know I would imagine nothing would have stopped me to be honest, and it, it was more the the adventure and the excitement. But you know the the club put you in digs, and uh, you know so you're looked after. You don't you don't need to to cook and and clean as such. So it's um, it's almost like living at home in a sense. But no, it was it was like I say, it was more the the adventure and the excitement rather than than anything else. When you sign your first professional contract, is that the first time you think to yourself, oh, I can really make it as a professional footballer and make a career out of the game? Uh, to be honest, I didn't think about the like a longevity of a career. I was I was just excited at that time to be at a club, you know, the size of Celtic and um, obviously wanting to, to make the grade there. And I think... Probably looking back, I was a wee bit naive, thinking that the the pathway would have been a bit easier than than it actually was, and um, not that you, you know you don't doubt your ability, but ultimately, there's when you go to Celtic, you know, you walk in the change room the first day in the youth team, and there's thirty other boys there, you know, all, all trying to make it in the first team, and then then. It, then you go through the next, uh, the reserve change room next door, and there's another twenty boys there. So you know it was very difficult, and um, it certainly opened my eyes. But you know you have to believe in yourself to to play at the top level, and especially at a club like Celtic. You mentioned the size of Celtic when you're coming through the system there. What's it like? Because I imagine there's when you're in a youth system at a club like Celtic or Rangers or. Hearts, Hibs, any of the really big clubs in Scotland, there's lots of hungry young boys all hoping to obviously achieve the same dream and play for the first team. Just what's it like coming through the system and, and, and how do the coaches handle that situation where everybody's desperate to play for the first team, but realistically, a handful might if they're lucky? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. There's umpteen boys all vying for that because let's be honest, you know the, the ratio of players making it into the first team and actually... Staying there is very, very little, and um, you know the the competition is very tough. Celtic and Rangers, like you say, would you would like to think um, have the majority of the you know the pick of the players at that certain age group um, in the country, and so you know so a lot of good players you come up against, and but from very early on, you you have to be able to cope with the pressure. Now, yes, you might be 16, 17 playing in the youth team, but ultimately you still have to win every week. Uh, it's as simple as that because the teams you come up against, these boys would love to be playing for Celtic, so they're trying that extra bit harder and uh, you have to make sure you're on top of your game and it's kind of building up for being in the first team because that's exactly what it's like in the first team. You know, every team raises its, you know, not, I'm not saying every team raise their game, but subconsciously, you know, you, players might run that extra yard or, um, you know, it's different playing a Celtic or a Rangers and, and, and that's, you know, a fact of life and in the Scottish game it, it is. So it's a very difficult time and but the, the coaching I I had, you know, Willie McStay, um, well, and Pat Gardner when I was like 16, 17, they were, you know, superb for me and, uh, Chris McCart as well. You know, I can't speak highly enough of him and and Willie, but Willie was great. Um, you know, he was he was a top coach at, at that level and, and teaching you the game, um, as well as other things. And then you you then move into the reserves under Kenny McDowell, who toughened up a bit. So you know, trying to get you ready to to play for that first team. Now, ultimately, whether you make it or not, these guys are preparing you to hopefully make a career for yourself somewhere else or just set you up for life. You mentioned that aspect of setting you up for life. Just who were some of the players that played alongside you in your youth team? Uh, oh, well, I mean, ultimately, you look at over the sort of two, three-year period I was there, there was plenty of the boys went on to play in the first team. Now, similar to myself, you know, you've got boys who play a couple of games here and there, and then you get ones who went on and, and sustained it, you know, like an Aidy McGeady or a Ross Wallace, Sean Maloney, Craig Beatty, players like that. But then, you know, John Kennedy, who would have, you know, you probably heard a lot of people say it and, and I'll, you know, 
reiterate the fact that he would have been right to the top. He was, you know, one of the, the top top players and when we were younger and um, you know, it's criminal really what happened to, to his playing career. But, you know, he's he's gone on to, to the coaching, which is great to see. But no Steve McManus was my captain the in the first year I was there. Um then you had like a like a Mark Fotheringham, uh, David Marshall, you know, a lot of top top players, um, and it was it was it was great. You know, we were all vying to get in that first team, but ultimately your your youth team days are the are the best days. You mentioned the fact that the youth team days are the are the sort of best days, and every player or most players when they talk about the youth team days talk about the the really strong bond and togetherness you've got in the youth team because. You're with those guys all the time. You're all young. You're all up for a laugh and a joke. Was was that the case at Celtic as well? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's it's, it's a special time. Uh, I think, like I say, although you're all aiming to get that first team and, and stuff, but I think just the little things. I mean, doing the jobs. So you go, you you'll do your training and stuff, but it's at the afterwards in the change rooms, or um, it was slightly different at Celtic. You know. Sometimes you'd be at Celtic Park if you were doing the first team kit or you'd be doing jobs down at Barrafield and cleaning the boots, doing all that sort of stuff. And that's when, you, the, the, you know, you had all the, the crack with the boys and, and things like that and um, just the usual pranks and wind-ups and, and things. So, no, it's definitely, um, it's, it's a time you look back fondly. Um, but um, sometimes, you know, I think at times I could maybe have worked a wee bit harder um, done a bit more, but um, ultimately, no, I, I look back with fond memories. Something I'm really interested to ask you about is the, when you broke into the team in the pre-season of 2006-07, Gordon Strachan's the manager. What's it like when you get to play in those pre-season games? Because you played against Manchester United. Yeah, I think that's the... You know, it's Manchester United. Well, yeah, it's a friendly, but it was great to be um, involved the manager played it right back which was a bit foreign to me at the time but ultimately they ask you to play in the Celtic first day you play wherever you're you know asked and are told in a sense but it was just it was great to be part of but ultimately you want to perform well enough to make sure you're you're part of his plans going forward and unfortunately that wasn't the case for for me but you know I still have fond memories and playing against a Paul Scholes who you know for a long time, I would look up to and then say he's one of my, my favourite players and um, to be on the same same park as him is an honour. But um, it was just, you know, I was, I was on the fringes uh, for, a, for a long time and but just didn't quite uh, was able to sort of sustain it. You mentioned the fact there about sustaining it and that's a real challenge for every player when they come through. What was it like when you trained with the first team? What was the intensity like? What was the standard like? And... Crucially, of course, what was Gordon Strachan like as well? It was obviously very tough uh, when I first, you know, started training with the the first team on a regular basis. Um, was on that when it was sort of Gordon Strachan's first year. I had a good pre-season um, in the reserves, and he, and he pulled me into to the first team, and, and ended up being sort of part of the squad that that full season. And um, you know, standards are high. And you you have to get up to that standards because you know ultimately the the boys aren't going to drop theirs to in line with you. You need to get up to theirs, and you know there's a lot of top players. And yeah, you get a hard time. Uh, you get a ball again here and there, but you have to take it on the chin because um, ultimately two guys shouting at you in training. You know, you could, <laughs> playing a Saturday, you could have sixty thousand shouting at you. So you you need to you need to take it on the chin. Um, and, and make sure, like I say, you, you work even harder to to get your levels up. But the, the manager was great. Uh, he was very hands-on. Um, a lot of his sessions were, were really good. Um, I probably made a mistake. I always remember at the time Kenny McDowell had said to me, you know, start any good training sessions that you, you've taken part in, you know, take a note of it and, and keep it in, in mind for your future. And I don't know, you know, something I wasn't thinking about, but now... <laughs> I wish I had, you know, um, although it's, it's part-time football, they're still, uh, you still put on a session and uh, being manager now, it's it's something I wish I'd done uh, because Gordon Strachan, he, he had a lot of great ideas and um, I really enjoyed working under him. Being a midfielder, Paul, 
what was it like when you were training alongside Neil Lennon? Because obviously the current Celtic manager, as we all know, but as a player and as a captain, he was he was fiercely demanding as well. Very much so, and uh, again, a player who probably his player, his teammates appreciated him more than I think a lot of people. Um, I think he kept things simple, but sometimes that's the hardest thing in football. And um, but also at the same time, he knew what he could and couldn't do. And um, I think he was he was great at the club, and like you say, very demanding, had high standards. So. He wasn't uh, shy and, and letting you know, but at the same time, he was also very good at giving you praise when, when you'd done well. So um, I think that's for any young player. Um, when a, a senior pro gives you a bit of praise or a well done, it's 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 great. You have a great feeling and it makes you want to want to do more. And um, that was he was really good at that. And you know, although I've seen it, you know, as you get older the young boys coming through you can feel a wee bit threatened for your place but no I, th- I think he was one it was great and um, Paul Lambert also um, I, I probably spent a, about a year in the reserves with him um, just due to Paul stop the club captain and uh, the club was playing less and less and he you know with the the great attitude that he had you know he could easily just sat there and, and train but he was desperate to play and he played a lot of reserve games which was which was a pleasure for myself to, to play alongside him when you play alongside someone like Paul Lambert Champions League winner as, as people yeah. sometimes forget um, what's it like does he is he someone that would talk you through a game or is he someone that would be quite quiet and just lead by example no he would certainly talk you through um, to a point I suppose um, he expects, you know, if you're at a club like Celtic, you, sh- you should be able to do certain things. So, um, but again, high standards. Uh, you can see what he's done in his career and, and why he reached um, those pinnacles. And, you know, you you aspire to, to be like like that and, and get somewhere. And so it was just, it was great playing alongside. And um, again, he was, he was great with the younger lads and uh, he always had time for you. Always... You know, I'm not saying he would sit and talk about his career, but if you had any questions for him, he, he would, you know, he would certainly tell you anything you wanted to know. And um, like I say, it was just looking up to him in terms of how he went about his business, how he trained, how he played, and didn't change whether it was a, a reserve game in front of 60 people or if it was, was a, a first-team game in front of 60,000. We talked about that pre-season where you played against teams like Man United, but... How did you feel when you were named in the squad to make your, your professional debut as such for Celtic in a first team game? It was a strange one. I had been on I'd been on the bench in the squad for a for a wee while and uh, just starting to get frustrated and not getting any game time. Um, although you're um, happy being a part of it, you know, there's there's that bit saying, Well, you know, I can't can't sit here forever and um it was uh, we were playing Dunfermline away. Um, I remember the, the week leading up to it, and uh, with a few injuries, uh, and sort of a few people had just within the club, and in terms of the boys, so you know you've got a right chance of starting, and um, you, you don't really want to think too much about it because you know you could get probably carried away. So uh, I tried to put it in the back of my mind, and you train Thursday, and then the Friday, and I feel as though I'd done all right, and the more people started to tell me, I thought, right, I've got maybe I do have a chance of playing. But we turned up to the game, and ultimately, well, the manager hadn't spoke to me. So then I'm thinking, well, well, maybe not, because surely he would have, he would have spoke to me if he's if he's thrown me in. So um, named the team, and I, I was I was on the bench. But um, after an hour, um, he decided to to throw me on. I think we were three or four nil up at the time, so it was. Um, he wasn't really risking much putting me on, so um, it was obviously it was a, it was a great honour and, and it's something that you know I was fortunate enough to play another couple of games after that. But ultimately, once you make your debut, nobody can take that away from you, and um, it's what you set out to do. Uh, when I signed for the club at, at sixteen, you want to get into that first team and, and play a game, and um, like I say, obviously you, you'd love to stay there for for a prolonged period and it wasn't to be but ultimately I was I was I'd, I'd reached where I, I'd wanted to but 
um, you know, obviously you would have you would have still wanted more. You mentioned the fact you wanted more. Was the decision to go on loan to St Johnston a club decision, or was that partly your decision? A bit of both. Uh, I'd we had um, when Jim McAnally was manager at Morton. Um, I think I must have been about nine, 18, 19, I think, and he he tried to get me on loan. Um, he'd known me from my time from his time at the club, sorry, and. Um, we decided at the time, myself and the, the reserve manager, along with Martin O'Neill, um, we, we rejected it. And, I, and looking back now, you know that was probably a stupid move because it wasn't until I went to St Johnston that I, I fully felt like a, a first team player. Although I'd been in and around the, the squad at Celtic for probably about two years, um, you know you're not you're not playing on a Saturday afternoon, you're not playing week in week out, so you're not actually. You know, it wasn't until I went to St Johnson that I felt like, you know, a proper professional, and it was a decision we'd came to um, to get game time, and um, you know, Gordon Strachan at the time felt it was it would have been better for my development to go out and and get games rather than than sit on the bench and maybe get ten minutes here and there. That wasn't going to be a, any use for me, but um, I was I was thankful for that. You mentioned you're thankful for the loan. When you arrive at a club like St Johnston at the time in the first division from a club like Celtic, what's it like and how do the senior pros at the club approach you? They were all superb. Uh, I think uh, Owen Coyle was the manager, so he'd, he'd taken me in and um, MD has, has worked with, with him. And especially at that time, he, you know, very bubbly character and um, he was delighted to get me in. And I did... You know, there was one or two players that I maybe felt thinking, oh, you know, ultimately I was only there for three, four months and I was doing somebody out of a, a game in a sense. Um, but that's football. <laughs> um, it, it happens. Um, but on the whole, they were, they were superb with me. Every single, uh, you know, like I say, most of them. Um, team were playing well, winning games, up challenge at the top of the, the first division at the time. Um, so that always helps. Um, yeah. Um, when teams playing well, if everything's good, and let's say I, I did, I really enjoyed my time there, and um, it, it made me grow up uh, certainly. And you know, you're fighting for for win bonuses as such, and um, it was just uh, let's say it did certainly make me grow up. I want to ask you about two players in particular you played alongside with uh, St Johnson. What was Paul Sheeran like, and also Martin Hardy, because really seasoned pros who'd been there and done it at numerous clubs. Yeah, both brilliant. Um, Peanut, obviously, his, his ability was, was not in question. Um, he was great attitude, you know, dedication, superb. And um, he, was a, he was a great character in the changing room. Um, and, and certainly one everyone looked up to. Um, played wide left, not the quickest, but certainly he could uh, move the ball and um, he was a big influence on that team and, and how we played. And uh, but Martin Hardy, same um, hard player. I remember, you know, playing against him afterwards, and you know, very, very tough player. But um, probably a player, I would say, was a lot better when you know. It's, I've, you find that in my career, uh, players. You, you, it's not until you play with them that you realise how you know how good they are. Uh, and he was certainly one of them. And um, you know, could score a goal. He drove the team on. Again, great character in the changing room. And um, these boys, the you know, they made me feel welcome and, and certainly helped me um, in my time there. In terms of Owen Coyle as a manager, he's someone who has always liked working with young players. I mean, during his time down south, um, I'm sure he took Jack Wilshire in loan, for instance. Mm-hmm. In terms of working under him, with him being a big Celtic fan as well, mm-hmm. I'm sure that helped. Yeah, definitely. No, I think it did. Uh, he uh, took to me straight away, to be honest. But um, I think at that time, you know, he was still he hadn't long finished playing really. Um, so I, I really enjoyed his training. A lot of it was just you know shooting games, stuff that he could join in, so he could uh, keep training. And um, you know, he was never shy in telling us about his goal record and, and such like. But I just you know enjoyed it on the whole, and um, you know it was a Great club um, for me at that time. Uh, good people around the place, and it was a 
you know, I wish I could have stayed um, a bit longer. Um, but, you know, certain things had gone on, and certain things had happened, so it wasn't one to be. But I certainly um, loved my time there and, and couldn't speak highly enough of the, the club and, and um, own as a, as a person and manager towards me. Did you have any experience of Owen Coyle and his love of iron brew? Uh, well, any time you went to the changing room, uh, the, sorry, the manager's office, uh, just have a, a crate sitting there. But we used to uh, play games in training, um, you know, shooting games or uh, whatever. And the loser would obviously have to to bring in some uh, iron brew for him and some juice for the lads and or um, we'd do sprints and stuff and loser would have to bring in cake. So that was a sort of um, weekly routine and it was you had to make sure if you were you were on the juice, you had to make sure you got a, a creative environment for the manager. So um but yeah, like I say, it was these these things uh, certainly helped me grow up. Um I would say you kinda lead a, a slightly sheltered life at a, a club like Celtic and certainly going out to St Johnston and the you know, the position they were in at the time, um in the, the old first division as such and um, it was it was a, a great time. You you performed well at St Johnston. You come back to Celtic, <clears throat> pardon me, and then you're on the bench for a, for a game or two, and then it's off to St Mirren this time on loan, who are in the top flight. Yeah, like I said, I was, I was part of me. I was I was hoping uh, to stay at St Johnston. Uh, we'd we'd just knocked Rangers out of the the League Cup and the quarter final. So you know, I, there was a semi final to look forward to, and I, I kind of was hoping I would stay, but I think. Um, the manager, had, I think he'd signed Derek McInnes in that window, so it kind of um, didn't really make sense to keep myself. And um, so I, I went back to Celtic and um, obviously wanted to get back out on loan because ultimately I, I wasn't going to feature really. I, I was in the squad for a couple of games, but um, you know I had a, a taste of first-team football at, at St Johnston and wanted more, so... Uh, you know, the usual get your agent in, in the clubs to try and sort something out. And, and St Mirren came in, um, you know, SPL at the time. So I was I was more than more than happy to go there. One of the players you played with at St Mirren, I'm interested to ask you about, is um, Hugh Murray, a guy who <laughs> fierce reputation, yeah. sort of guy who a sort of throwback Scottish football and old school player, if you will. What was he like to play with? Was he was he better than than he maybe gets credit for? I think if you think of of Shug, you know, box to box, rat, he'll get in about yeah, rattle a few cages and such like. That. But he was actually better on the ball than that. And and you know, like I say, it's again a player that's not till you play alongside that uh, you appreciate his his ability. And but just in terms of a a, a man. Uh, in the changing room, he was certainly a character, and uh, he was always very lively. Um, certainly one of the um, the guys that, that all the, the boys liked, and um, was always was there if any banter was flying about, and um, certainly um, kept the, the dressing room going. In terms of Gus McPherson, how did he differ to Owen Coyle? It was a different time. Um, obviously, you. you I've went from St Johnston, who are up the top of the league, winning week in, week out, and you, you go to St Mirren, and it's down the bottom of the table, scrapping for every point, and and I found that hard. Um, you know, I, I found it difficult to deal with in terms of there was games I was left out in, uh, there was games I played in. He asked me to do certain things that were probably alien to me, um, so that didn't help me at that time. Um, I think maybe. Looking back, my attitude could have been slightly better in in terms of how I reacted to, to disappointment, uh, maybe being left out of the team. Um, I, I just probably at that point expected to play um, when ultimately, you know, his his job's on the line and um, if, if they were to get relegated and, and what's like. So he has to make decisions uh, for him. And, and, you know, yes, he took me on loan, but ultimately he's to look after. Um, the club, and if he didn't think my performances were were good enough, or if I didn't fit into a certain uh, formation, then then he had to make that decisions. And um, towards the end of my time, I, I didn't really enjoy it because I, I wasn't playing. But it was a, it was certainly a good learning curve. 
you go back to Celtic that summer, was it evident to yourself that you had to move on for the for the progression of your career? It was uh, sort of the first day of pre-season. Uh, turned up and uh, walked into the, the changing room and was told to to go back to the reserve changing room and that's where I was was going to be training with. So I think at that point I knew uh, the writing was on the wall. I still had a year in my contract, but you know when you're getting told things like that, then you know it's it's time to move on. And um, I'd done pre-season uh, with the club and. Um, you know, try to keep myself fit while at the time my agent was obviously looking for, for things to happen. Um, a couple of uh, potential uh, things down south but never materialised, uh, which was disappointing because I, I quite like to have gone down there and, and tested that out. But um, ultimately got to the, the last day of the, the transfer window and um, decided just to sort of rip up my contract and so that I could be a free agent and, and sign for MD. Um, after the, the 31st of August. In terms of that spell as a free agent, see when you know you've got that freedom to go anywhere you want really, what's that like? Because I imagine it's good in one hand to mm-hmm. to potentially have options, but again on the other hand, because it's after the window's shut, some of the options you maybe would have liked to have pursued have maybe finished because they've signed someone else on deadline day for instance. Yeah, it's also scary because you're sitting going, right, what, what's going to happen? And like I say, my, my agent has spoke to a, a few clubs and um, I didn't have many clubs knocking on the door and, um, the, you know, two teams down south fell through. I was thinking, right, what's going to happen? Do I need to move back up the road or, or what's happening? And um, it was just a chance, chance encounter. I'd gone into the Glasgow City Centre and, and bumped into... I was just walking down Buchanan Street and I bumped into George Adams and um, he had asked me, you know, what was happening and I, it was actually maybe two or three days before that and he asked me what happened and I kind of said, you know, the writing's on the wall, you know, probably be away in the next few days and he he, he was director of football at Ross County at the time and, and he asked me if I'd be interested in going up there and uh, the club had just been relegated and they were in the old second division and yeah, I wasn't sure about it, but then um, ultimately I went up there to watch a game. Um, was really impressed with it, with the setup and and everything that went with it, and um, that's how that all came about. You moved to Ross County, as you say, they're in the second division. You get games under your belt. Your first goal for the club was an absolute screamer against Queens Park. What do you remember from that? Yeah, it was probably a long time in coming. Uh, I know I didn't I didn't score many in my career, obviously, but um, I would have thought I would have scored before then. But um, no, it was it was a special one because it got us the, the three points on the day. Uh, um, quite late on in the game, uh, a left foot uh, half volley, so it was <laughs> certainly one you you don't forget. You, you don't really forget as well. Wasn't my first goal I'd, I'd scored obviously on loan at St Johnston, but my first goal for Ross County. I, I, I wouldn't forget that, and um, it's just you know the buzz of of scoring uh, so late on to to win the game is is obviously extra special. You mentioned the buzz of scoring, the buzz of winning the game makes everything extra special. Um, that season, you're involved in winning promotion after winning the second division. I say I always I've interviewed players that. At various levels of the games, from the juniors to the to the Premier League in Scotland and England, and every one of them so far has said it doesn't matter what level you win a title at. You just you cannot explain how proud you are to be part of a team that's won a league title. Just how amazing was that for you, having joined County when they were in that predicament of the second no, division? Yeah, no, I think you're spot on, and I've said um, similar lines um, to people, you know, being captain of a, a team. Regardless of what level, I think it's a it's an absolute honour um, that the managers ask you to be his sort of leader on the park. So no, certainly winning a trophy, regardless of what level, especially the league that you're in, um, it's special. And I think ultimately for Ross County, if we hadn't have won the league that season, there was obviously rumours that the club were were going to go part time. Um, so it was it was a big pressure on the on the group to make sure. Um, we got the club back into the, the first division and ultimately we were playing for our own careers because, you know, if you, we went part-time, things would have changed. So um, there was a lot riding on it, um, but it was 
it was it was special. It was good winning my first uh, medal, um, and and being a huge part of it. Um, you know, I was kind of let's say, uh very much a fringe um, player at Celtic when they won league under Gordon Strachan. Um, but to be part of something uh, that I played a, a huge role in was was very special. The second season at County, you get promoted. Great achievement. The second season, by your own admission, I'm sure you'd admit you were struggling with injuries and with your contract due due to expire at the end of that season. It was it was um it was a Certainly a, a more difficult season for you than the first. Yeah, it was it, probably throughout my whole career, injuries sort of held me back a lot, I felt, I feel. Um, and at that time, I, I did struggle that year. Uh, the, the club, I guess we were, It was. I say the club struggled, but it was just about consolidating that season. Um, we, we obviously stayed up, but it was it was a frustrating time. Um, and my whole time at Ross County, we... we Pretty much, apart from one occasion, uh, pretty much ran on year-to-year deals. So you know there is a lot of pressure um, to make sure you, you win that next contract, and it, it was tough. And then especially when you're injured, um, there's always that worry that the club will say, "Well, no, you haven't, you haven't played enough games and such like, and finances are tight." So um, it, it is tough, uh, but I was I was you know fortunate, grateful, whatever way you want to look at it that. That both the manager um, and his staff, you know, rated me, liked what I could do, see my place in the team. So it was just a case of trying to get me fit um, and pushing on um, so that, you know, the contract was there. The one thing I'm desperate to ask you about, Paul, is in the third season, what happened? You became a goal machine. You get six goals, six. Which, <laughs> which for you, as you mentioned earlier on, is, is quite a lot in a season. And and also, you're part of the team that gets to the Scottish Cup final. I mean, you were absolutely flying. Yeah, no, it was a great year. Uh, it was a, you know, the manager built a, a, a squad. You know, we were all, I would say, early twenties, majority of us anyway. Um, a lot of guys from the the central belt uh, moving up there, and we're all bar one or two. We we're probably on our own in a sense. So we, you know, we hung out together. Probably a lot of the Ross County boys and Inverness boys still do to this day because a lot of people don't relocate up there. They'll they'll do a lot of commuting and, and such like. So when we're up there, you know, we'd be round to to boys' houses for Champions League night and uh, most afternoons we'd maybe go for a game of a snooker or just out for a coffee and that way we were a really close knit bunch. Um so I think that definitely helped. Uh, performance on the park were were great and like I say, you know, you're winning games, confidence is high and um like I say scored a few goals which was which was pleasing and it's probably something like I say I should have done more in my career. Um but I like to tell people I was I was always a defensive midfielder so I never quite made it up as far as the, the penalty box. So it's um but you know the buzzer scoring's great so it's it's something that um like I say I probably should have done a bit more. Describe that run to the Scottish Cup final because people will always point out the victory over Celtic to get there. Mm-hmm. But what was the whole run like? And and when the momentum was building round on round, did you as a squad feel that you had a chance of getting to the final, or were you, in hindsight, overwhelmed to actually get there, considering you were a first division club at the time? I don't think it wasn't probably until the semi final that you actually think for we could, well probably the Hibs game in the quarter final, but. I think the first few rounds, you just enjoy it because I think as everyone everyone will say, the cup brings something different. You know, you'll in the league you'll play each team four times or whatever. So you know, the cup game, um, there's a chance of playing somebody from a different league. And I think ultimately, when you're lower down, your aim is to pull it, pull a, a Premier League team out the hat. So that is the aim. Uh, with a couple of great results early on, we beat Sterling Albion nine. Um, and then we moved on, and, and obviously the Hibs game. We, th- you know, ultimately we think yes, Hibs away. That that's our tie. You know, we've got our big tie, and um, you know we're negotiating uh, bonuses with the club more more for appearance rather than even just winning the game. Because I think even at that point, um, we were just delighted to pull a Premier League team out the heart and a nice away day at Easter Road. But then, as the the week building up to that game, you start going right. Ultimately, it's, it's another game. We we can go in and, and win this. And I think our performance at Easter Road 
um, was the one that gave us the belief. Uh, we actually played really well on the day. Found ourselves uh, 2-1 down, um, although being the better side, and we managed to get back. Uh, Michael Gardine scored to take the tie to a replay. And I think then we, we thought, you know, we, we can do something here. And, not, and like I said, we, we, we beat Hibs in Dingwall, and that was a special night. We we all went out that night. It was the one and only time that the the manager um, had came in and, and said, "Go out and enjoy your night. I don't care what you do." <laughs> so, um, you know that was shows you how how big a night it was for the club. And then obviously the Celtic game, a bit frustrating for myself. Um, I'd I'd pulled my hamstring in the in the replay against Hibs, so it was it was more a, a race against time to be fit for the semi final and. Um, Doing everything I could uh, to make it, and, and you know, made training probably the week leading up to the game, which wasn't enough to to get a start and berth. But um, I was I was part of the squad on the day and, and got the last few minutes. And I think um, being on the hand and turf and the Ross County fans all laying every pass um, was was quite surreal to be involved in. And um, you know, ultimately we didn't we didn't perform in the final. Uh, but I think we, we certainly put the club on the map. You certainly did put the club on the map. Getting to a Scottish Cup final for any team in the first division is, is an incredible achievement. And I don't mean that in a patronising way because you think of the golfing budget from the first division at the time to the to the top flight, it's it's unbelievable. And the next season we go into, you you end up getting promoted to the to the Premier League. Just Just how good is that? How good a feeling is that to know that you left Celtic, you get out of the second division and then you've won two promotions to earn your place in the top flight in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, like I say, our squad at Ross County, when, when I'd gone up there, uh, there was myself and Scott Boyd signed. Uh, well, we were in the you know we were in the second division and we, we got right through to the Premier League. And But then probably my second year, you know, guys like Richard Britton, um, Gary Miller... Um, these guys, who else would there be going right through the spine of the team? Um, you know, we're a good core, young, sort of early to mid twenties, and and we all had sort of previously been at um, so-called bigger clubs, and maybe had something a, a point to prove. And I think that's how the manager did his, done his recruitment, looking at boys that have have, have the hunger to get back. To where the field should be, and, and I think we all felt that. Uh, you know, Michael Gardine, who I was at Celtic with as well, he certainly, you know, should have been in, playing in the Premier League a lot longer than than he than he has. And um, you know, boys like that coming with with a point to prove, and I think we were like that. But that season was just incredible. You know, our, our performances, uh, let's say the the group of players we had. Um, we started the season, you know, we got we got beat five one down at uh, Hamilton on the second game of the season, and then after that we didn't lose a game. So um, I think it was it was certainly I think reaching the Scottish Cup final, let's say, was a huge achievement for the club. But I think winning winning that league to get us promoted was probably my my favourite time at the club. You mentioned the promotion being your favourite time. You also won the Challenge Cup during your time at Ross County. And then when you go into the top flight, you consolidate yourselves as a Premier League club and then you finish your last season with County getting a top six finish. How do you reflect back in your time as a whole at Ross County? Because from the outside looking in, as I, I, know, I know I mentioned it literally in the last question, but I feel like it's important to mention it again. You leave Celtic uh, and that's something, as you've said at the time, it's quite scary because of the options and the fact it's after the window. You're dropping down to the second division. And then within a few years, you've got to a National Cup final, you've won a Challenge Cup, you've been promoted to the top flight, and then you get a top six finish. I mean, just describe how incredible a journey that was during your time at County, because most players would, would kill for that, you know? It's certainly something that probably, while you're in it, you, you don't think too much about it. You're just, you know, you obviously want to achieve things. It's when you look back, you think, well, you know, it was, it was some journey and going from the second division, like you say, up to the Premier League and, and not only just getting to the Premier League, actually performing well in 
Uh, yeah, we maybe punched above our weight to, to a point where in terms of look at budgets of clubs, but we certainly did you know, what we felt we could do. Um, but no, uh, the whole time, I could argue it was a, a, you know, a success in a sense that I just felt every year we, we managed to achieve something. Uh, my first year, you win the second division. Uh, my second year, we, we got to a, a Challenge Cup final, but we, you know, we didn't, we didn't win. Third season, Scottish Cup final. Fourth season, uh, we win the Challenge Cup. Fifth season, we got promoted. And sixth season, uh, like you say, we, we finished fifth. Now, ultimately, yeah, we, we lost the Challenge Cup, but I think it gave the fans every year with something to look forward to or achieved something. And I think that's certainly that that period uh, for the club. I can look back, and I'm sure um, a number of people do say it's a very successful time, and I'm I'm very very proud to have been part of that. Now, yes, the the club have have since you know been relegated and got themselves back into the Premier League, but ultimately we were we were the ones that done it first, and that can never be taken away from us. They've gone on and won a League Cup, um, which is a unbelievable achievement. Um, but I think you know we did. You know, sort of lay the foundations as such, um, and made a lot of people sit up and take note of the club. Um, but you know, they've obviously gone on to to achieve greater things since. We can't talk about Ross County and your teammates without asking you about Michael Gardine. He's going to be coming on the <laughs> podcast very soon, and I'm excited for that because he's an incredible character. But yes, just tell me about Michael because a great player, but also an amazing character. Well, I don't know if amazing is the word. Crazy might be the word. Yeah, I think he's he's very well known within Scottish football. Um, and do you know what? Part of me, you know, I'm very close with Midge, and I think sometimes his ability can get overlooked because of the way he is. Because um, I think he's a he's a top top player, but ultimately he's he's a great great teammate because he is mental. You know, everyone will tell you a story and this that and next thing, but ultimately. He's the type of guy that that keeps, you know, a, a team going in a sense. The dressing room's buzzing. We were fortunate enough with him and, and Jimmy Scott, um, who were two characters that, regardless of result, they kept the spirits high. They would always be up to something. Always try to slaughter somebody, play a prank, do whatever. Um, just just had fun, and I think that was a, a huge part and. Everyone else in the change room bounced off that, and that was a, a huge part of our success. But I think, um, yeah, everyone, everyone have a, a story on Midge and every club he's been to. He's just he's lovable. I don't think I've, I've heard NBC ever say a bad word about him. And um, like I say, but it's, first and foremost, he's a he's a top top player. Um, but you know, like I say, I can't speak highly enough of him as a as a guy. I've got to put you on the spot and ask you the question, Paul. What's the craziest thing you've seen him do? <laughs> I don't know if I can say. Can I? Uh, it's it's difficult to say. Um, he's um, yeah. I've, I, there was one at Ross County. It's probably not the craziest, but he's um, or I could probably argue it's no secret. He 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 uh, took a shit in a penalty spot. At, uh, Barrafield before a youth team game. <laughs> uh, all the boys, I think all the boys had a whip round ten or ahead, and um, he, you know, when you're you're down, it's having a look at the park before the game, and just usually, he just some of the things he just thinks up, thinks of, um, you know, you'll, you know, there's probably things people think, but they never quite say it. But with him, he just says whatever pops in his head at times, and. I think he said something about how much, um, you know, the boys boys will turn her ahead, and she ended up doing that. It didn't go down too well with the goalkeeper, um, things like that. I just think, like I say, just um, ultimately, if whatever pops in his head, he'll he'll go and do it. Uh, I think that's the one of the times we were same with the first team at Celtic. Um, was that a practice match? We were playing, I can't remember. Gordon Strachan had stopped training and was, and was uh, talking to somebody about, you know, a run or a position to take up during the game or whatever. And um, 
think it was John Hartson or somebody volleyed a ball up in the air and Midge just started charging after it, screaming at the top of his head. At Barrafield, where the floodlights are, there was like big padding around these floodlights um, and he just ran head first straight into them and collapsed on the ground and Gordon Stanton's turned around and going, oh my God, what, what's going on here? And the wee man's just lying, decked out, um, just, just out of nothing. Just thought, I'm just about to go and run head first into this pole and it's just... Let us say just what pops in his head, he'll go and do it. Absolutely tremendous. <laughs> and as you say, though, I think um, I must say I'm glad you've said that because one of the things I do feel quite sad about in football now is a lot of people bemoan the fact there's not enough characters in football now, yeah. but whenever somebody is a big character, their playing ability is automatically overlooked and the character's focused on. I mean, you've got Michael Gardine's an example, Jason Cummins is another, you think. These guys are quality footballers. They wouldn't be playing at the level that they have played and are playing at if they weren't quality footballers. And it's quite sad, really, I think, at times that sometimes, because they are a big character, that that gets, that gets showcased more than the football. Because I think there is room for both. And there certainly was years ago, and I still think there should be now. I know, I agree. Um, I think, you know, you hear the old one, or oh, he only got a contract for his banter and stuff like that. But ultimately, a manager... He can't afford to just sign somebody that's good in the change room. You need somebody that can perform in the park as well. And, and Midge is certainly that. And like I say, I played with him for a long time and uh, he was just unfortunate. His time at Celtic, you know, for the sort of player he is. Um, you know, I think Gordon, at that time, Gordon Strachan, there was, there was Midge, Aidan McGeady and, and Ross Wallace all vying for sort of to break in uh, and be that sort of player. And the three of them, <laughs> were probably as, as mad as each other and Midge just slightly more and um, I think Gordon Stratton was like I can't, can't have three of them you know, charging about the training ground and um, such like so I think uh, Midge maybe, maybe suffered for that but um, ultimately I think he's he's certainly one that um, anybody who's played with him would have him in their, their sort of best 11 you know, any day of the week and, and so that just, that just goes to show you know, his ability you mentioned his ability, the ability of that team. We talked about the achievements, getting the top six finish. Was Motherwell just too good to turn down? Oh, it was a it was a strange one. Um, you know, I thought, like I say, we were were bouncing from year to year contracts at Ross County. And, um, at that time, I just the boys maybe felt we, you know they wanted a bit more security. But on a personal level, um, I'd found myself. Um, out of the team the first half of that season and um, there wasn't a fallout as such with the manager uh, you know I'd, we didn't speak I'd, I'd started the first two games of the season uh, picked up a little injury and then found myself you know right out the right out the picture I was um, training the reserves at times and I, I just didn't see a way back so from sort of November time, I was on to my agent trying to trying to look for a move because I knew my, my contract was was up that summer. Uh, I could start speaking to clubs in January, um, so I was kind of had my agent on the case. Uh, came to the end of December, just due to a few injuries and an illness to a player, I found myself back in the squad, got into the team, and then played every game from then till the end of the season. So the club offered me a new contract. Hindsight, I probably should have stayed, um, but along with that, um, my personal life, my, my girlfriend at the time, she was she was down in Edinburgh, so I was doing a lot of driving up and down the road. Um, she was talking about moving up, but then we were like, you know, we didn't have the security of uh, the contract, so it was was a big gamble. And then she got offered a job in Glasgow. Told her to take it, and you know we'll just we'll just deal with it. If I end up signing again, we'll just deal with it. Um, and then when my agent came on and said Motherwell were interested, it it just felt, you know, like it, it was meant to be in a sense. And and ultimately, I hadn't really, although my six years at Ross County were were unbelievable. The the first sort of three four months of that season uh, was was very difficult, and uh, I hadn't really forgotten that. And it was. And that maybe pushed me to make the decision, which, like I say, in hindsight, was maybe a bit bit of a, a rash one. Uh, but Motherwell had finished uh, 
second, you know, European football. I met with the manager, uh, impressed me straight away. Um, you know, moving back to Glasgow, there was there was a lot of things going for it. So, um, although I'm saying, you know, it, I maybe it was a bit rash, but there was lots of positives um, in the move, um, and it was. Um, I don't look back with any regrets, maybe a lot of frustrations, but um, like I say, at that time, it was it was a perfect move for me. You mentioned the manager there, Stuart McCall, one of the one of the household names of Scottish football through the decades. What was he like as a manager? Because he's someone who had a very high reputation in Scottish football for a sustained period. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I think, you know, you can speak to players um, and if they're not getting a game, they don't like the manager. So, you know, football can be that simple at times, but um, one thing I'll say about Stuart McCall, even boys who weren't in the, the team uh, really liked him and he just had that about him. He was such a good man-manager. Um, knew how to get the best out of his players. Um, a football encyclopedia. He knew every player, you know, all divisions in Scotland, all divisions in England. You know, he was he just um, really um, engrossed in anything football. And But like I say, just a great great guy, great man-manager. Um, and although I didn't play a lot uh, through injuries and such like, I still really, really enjoyed my time working under him. In terms of Motherwell, some big characters there in the dressing room. John Sutton, who you had been at St Mirren with as well, and mm-hmm. Stephen McManus coming to Motherwell, obviously having been the Celtic captain and played down south. What were the what was that dressing room like? Because Stuart McCall seemed to to build a, a group at Motherwell that that was a good group. Brilliant. I, when I first met him, you know, he made a point of saying to me, you know, he likes to keep his squad very tight, uh, very lean. Um, but ultimately that, that created a, a good atmosphere amongst the boys and it was a gamble in a sense you know he said to me you know, it is a gamble because you're, you're hoping that you don't get too much injuries and, and such like but I like to work with a, a smaller squad and um, with obviously a club like Motherwell budget's tight so he preferred a tighter squad and, and go for more quality players but uh, you know it was a great dressing room and like you say uh, played the big city at, at, at St Mirren Um and then, you know, he comes in um, to Motherwell and he's a good character, very dry sense of humour. Um, he was one of, you know, was in my car school, uh, so I travelled in with him every day. And um, now he's a, he's a great lad, but ultimately a, a top player. He was he was really good for us at the time. Um, really good striker, knew the game. Um, similar to his brother, in a sense, on, on how they played. Um Obviously, he's been around a very successful career, and um, but there was lots of similarities between the two. But um, there's, you know, Keith Lasley, you know, a top top captain, um, you know, great player, uh, Stevie Hamill. You know, there was some some real good players, and, and like I say, it was a it was a small small group, but, but everyone got on. And then you could, you know, James McFadden came back to the club, um, just so it was a, like you know, pleasure playing with, playing alongside him as well. Somebody I'm interested to ask you about a bit, a bit outside the box when it comes to Motherwell is Tam Cowan. This obviously he's a big Motherwell fan, does events for the club and stuff. Did you ever have come into contact with Tam during your time at Motherwell? And what's it like when he does come into contact with you? Because very funny guy, good sense of humour, and I imagine when he meets the players, he's no different. No, he's wise. You know, he is one. I I I love listening to him, and uh, you know, he's he's really funny. But I didn't actually have much dealings with him myself, uh, which is quite disappointing. But um, you know, he's like he's a big character, uh, especially around the club. Um, everyone knows him, but I probably didn't play enough games for him to to know who I am. But no, he's, um, like I said, I didn't have too much dealings with him. Um, which let's say is a shame because I, I really like I enjoy listening to him. Uh, I still listen to him on a, a Saturday and off the ball, and um, you know, funny, funny guy. In terms of Mullerwell, you mentioned the fact that the injuries and not playing as many games is frustrating at the end. You mentioned also earlier in the interview that you had a big upbringing with Highland League football, and and Huntley was your team that you followed um, when you were younger. Was that part of the reason why you decided to? 
to join for Martin in the end? Um, ultimately, yes, but I'd, you know, I'd, I'd probably a, a two-year contract at Motherwell. I'd maybe been fit in total for about six months. Uh, real bad injuries, which was very frustrating uh, because, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd, I didn't do myself justice. Uh, I wish I could have played more for the club. It's a really, really good club, and I, I can't speak highly enough of it. The people around about the place, um, just you know, circumstances, and it, it was a shame and something that, that really frustrates me. And I wish I'd, I could have done more there. But I'd came to the towards the end of my time. New manager had come in, had not, hadn't seen me play, so I kind of knew, sort of from middle to end of March that I, I probably wouldn't be uh, getting a new deal. Um, the club were struggling at that time. That was the season we ended up uh, beating Rangers in the playoffs. So it was it was a difficult time for the club as well. And I thought, you know, eventually when the club told me my, my contract wouldn't be renewed, um, I, I packed my bags and, and came back up the road um, to assess what I was going to do. And I'd still spoke to my agent and, and he was looking at a few things and was managed to get me a couple of trials. But when I came back up the road, I was 32, and I, you know, I'd, I'd left home at 16. I'd been away a long time, and and, and I was enjoying being back in Aberdeen. Uh, I got an opportunity to to speak to a, a company about a job, um, and then I started to think, well, is this the route to go down? You know, do I do I you know do I go on trial with somebody, maybe win a year's contract, and then I'm going to be in the same position next year? Do I reject this opportunity of a job, go on trial and my injury, you know, flares up and, and I break down and then the job opportunity's gone? So I had to think all these things and, and eventually I decided, you know, maybe it is time to, to think about the next uh, stage of my life and and take a job and, and look to go part-time, like I say, if my, if my injury would hold up. And um, spoke to somebody who actually Cove Rangers uh, manager got in touch with me, he heard I was back in the area and, and wanted to speak to me and likewise with for Martin, just wanted to know what I was doing and what my plans were and, and ultimately I, I chose to sign for for Martin. What was it like playing in the Highlands League at that stage of your career after the injuries, considering you'd you'd dropped down as such from the top flight? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think because I'd pretty much gone a year and odd with, with not playing. Um, I came up for Martin and I think training just twice a week and, and a game on Saturday actually helped me. You know, it wasn't put too much strain on my Achilles and um, I really enjoyed uh, that season. We played some really good stuff, honestly. I mean, I think some, you know, some of the boys in our team don't get the credit they, they deserve and at that time, certainly with, with a number of boys who had played sort of higher up the level at some point in their, in their career and um, so we had a lot of ability there and played some really good stuff and like I say, we just back to playing on a Saturday afternoon uh, really enjoyed it and, and loved it From playing for Martin, you eventually then become the player manager what's that like? Because it's something we've, we've seen a wee bit in the game but not as much as we used to yeah, that, it was a strange one. Um, the, the manager who signed me, he he resigned, and it wasn't something because, let's like say, I was enjoying playing. I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about coaching or or such like, and um, I did enjoy that. You know, I was captain at the time, and I did enjoy sort of conversations with the manager about team and and such like. But coach, coaching hadn't hadn't been a, a thing I thought about, and. A few people at the the club, you know, told me, "Oh, you should, you should apply for the job and such like." And I was like, "No, no, you know, I didn't, I didn't want it in a sense. It wasn't for me." And we, I was missing a game through injury, and I was standing at the side of the park while the boys were warming up. And the, the chairman approached me, and it was just general chit chat. Oh, what, what do you think? And um, about the club and this, that, and the next thing. And I said a few things, but. Uh, that was it, and he, he walked away, and then that was a Saturday, and then I got a phone call on the Monday morning asked, uh, from the chairman, asked if I, would, I could go and meet him. Um, so I walked into his office, and he, he basically locked, 
like locked the door and says you're not going out till you till you take the job and I was kind of taken aback. I was like, you know, would be me and he was, you know, we want you to, to take the job and we think you know take the club forward and use your experience and and such like and it was a I, I said no at first uh, because ultimately what's gone on to happen you know I said no because it'll stop me from playing and he was like no no you can be player manager and but I think it's a very difficult job to do um, to combine the two and although I'm still registered as player manager I think the season just gone there I, I think I played one maybe two games it's it's not ideal um, and that's the one disappointing thing that's probably because I had enjoyed my first couple of years there just playing with no worries, um, that sort of curtailed that. And um, but in saying that, I've gone on to to enjoy it more than 